Hey, thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast, where we're taking a look at some of Pastor Nate's articles from NateHoldridge.com and just going a little bit deeper into them with some conversation. Today, we're talking about God's faithfulness and how we can exemplify God's faithfulness to the next generation. Let's get into it. Are you in Christ? Then he saved you, redeemed you, rescued you from yourself. Simply put, he has been faithful to you. We must tell the next generation of God's faithfulness to us. This is the role of Christian parents, absolutely, but also the role of older Christians to the younger. We must tell them of God's great power and hand upon our lives. We mustn't worship the past, but give them hope for all that God could do in their future. We must point them forward to their quest with Christ. As Christians, our call is not only to follow God personally, but to exalt God's faithfulness to the next generation. Nate, so when we're talking about exalting God's faithfulness, are we kind of talking about just just telling our kids and the younger younger generation about like '90s hip hop and <laughs> about the cool styles from like the '80s and stuff like that? I can't or... believe that you are actually saying this to me right now because literally, this w- within the last couple of days, I. Uh, was playing for my kids I, I went back and was like our house was just pumping with 80s christian oh, rock christian rock oh yeah, yeah. Dude. not just christian rock but heavy metal oh, yeah, yeah we were getting in on some striper have oh, you are bro. you educated on I, the striper I, I, yep i've had okay my my season of if striper. you need a good morning pump up <laughs> To Hell with the Devil by Striper is just so off the charts phenomenal right now. It's so good. Drink your black coffee, get your Striper. So that, yeah, kids. that definitely is a big part of exalting God's That's... faithfulness to the next generation. You must know the ways of metal. See, what happened was when I teach them, we have a little action Bible mm-hmm. that I'll share like little morning, you know, Bible studies with them yeah. as we're eating breakfast. And each like section has a title you know like the big fish you know for jonah or something like that you know and so every time i get done with the story uh i'll like preview the next story by like singing the title of the next song but every time i sing it it's like 80s metal like kind of (laughs) style you know a little like glam rock kind of style yeah exactly but they have no idea, like, why are you singing like that? What is this all about? Why are you like, the oh, salmon on the moon? <laughs> so I had to play this for them to help them understand where context. dad's coming from. Oh, yeah. yeah. Glam rock. That, that's, that's being a father right there. Man. I am just being pouring faithful. into them. Pouring yeah. into them, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, in this article, Nate, um, we're not talking about 80s christian metal or about the coolest shoes from the 90s unfortunately unfortunately but we are talking about something that is really great and that's about god's faithfulness throughout the generations and kind of just this theme of being people who share with the next generation god's faithfulness um to the past and even just to our present lives just so that youngsters Mm -hmm. know that god is faithful yeah and uh i was thinking nate we could kind of start off this conversation just um 
just kind of asking you about your heart for the next generation. I know you have a great heart for, um, for young people. Could you just kind of tell us about that in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I think it really started for me just kind of the very beginnings of like life and ministry. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of people, you know, when I first began, uh, serving the Lord, the natural place for me to, uh, start exercising some gifts were with people that were younger than me. So Mm -hmm. because I was like 18, 19 years old, when I started, uh, serving him, uh, the natural outlet for that was with, uh, younger people with Mm -hmm. high school students. But then pretty quickly I started uh, serving like a college and career kind of age in the church. And honestly, a lot of them were uh, either right with me in my stage of life or a little bit past actually. So, you know, that was like a learning experience for me. But during those years, uh, God really began to give me a vision for that next generation and uh, a heart for them. You know, it kind of had to develop there uh, over time. And... I don't know, man. Over the years, uh, it's been 20 years of walking with the Lord now. Mm. Over the years, um, it hasn't really faded all yeah, that much for me. Cool. You know, it's still mm. one of those things that I feel very strongly about. And I don't know if it was because of those early, like, formative years, but I've right. just never really been a guy who's just only looked at my generation and thought, that's the generation that I want to speak to and that I want to mm. minister to. And it's not just that I'm want to look to the generation that's younger than me either because um, I'm very thankful for all of the people that I get to minister to who are in my generation and Mm -hmm. and older than me in in, uh, previous generations. I'm very thankful for for them. But for me, even as I look at them and want to share the truth of God's word with them, uh, I am seeing through them the ability to reach into the lives of younger people and really want to help them to continue to have vitality in their own Christian life and walk by being people who are pouring into the generations that are coming Mm -hmm. up. Because I think that's really healthy. My vision, at least for me in my own life, is to be a guy that when he's 80 years old still has a voice with people that are younger, you know, an ability to just sit and talk and uh, answer questions and ask them questions and kind of get into their world and appreciate them, you know, for who they are. You know, all of us here in this fellowship, you know, especially on this church staff, we love and look to Pastor Jeff, who Mm -hmm. now in his mid-60s, he has a strong voice with the next generation. And what I try to tell people that look to him as an example of that, as I say, the, the, the trick is that he does not despise the next generations. Mm -hmm. He doesn't look down upon them for their ideas or their thoughts or their styles or anything Mm -hmm. like that. There's, you never hear a word of uh, ridicule coming from his mouth. Uh, He's, he is willing to show that kind of like respect and just, I think interest, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that is is just (laughs) interested in people. Yeah. And because he shows that interest, it gains an audience for him where he can share that wisdom with the generation that's mm. coming up. And obviously the wisdom that's inside his brain is so much bigger and stronger and better and healthier than the wisdom inside of uh, the brains of the people that he's ministering to yeah. for the most part. So it's, it's uh, that's a, he's a great model to kind of see totally. and watch. So that's cool. Those are some good observations. And I even loved your kind of point about just, I guess, just speaking from our church context, we're a pretty multi-generational church, which I really love. 
but I, I've also really appreciated how you help lead our whole church into leading the next generation, bringing them up and helping them see God's faithfulness, like you mm-hmm. talk about in the article. So I think it's great. Yeah, and it's, it is neat to be a multi-generational church. And the thing that is really cool is when uh, it becomes more and more an intergenerational church. And the difference is that in a multi-generational church, you can have many different generations that are like mm-hmm. coexisting. But when somebody begins to operate intergenerationally, uh, it means that they're not only able to go to church or be in the same church with people of other generations, but they're able to minister across oh, yeah. the, the different generational spectrum. Wow. And uh, so, you know, that people young and old would be able to do that is is helpful and important. Obviously, you know, your friends within a church are more than likely going to be the people that are in your same st- season, right. stage of life, similar age, you know, things like that. But to be able to not just be multi-generational, but intergenerational and to kind of be able to interact with each other, I think is what is ideal, you know, and it's, that's what maturity is. You know, if Mm -hmm. not everybody in the church is going to have that level of maturity, we're, we're kind of growing and becoming sanctified. But when somebody can get into that, it's really healthy. That is, that's sweet. That was a really good distinction. Thanks for pointing that out. In, in that kind of vein, in the article, you talk about six different ways, particularly that we can be speaking to the next generation, kind of intergenerationally. And, um, you know, we have a little bit of time. It'd be great to kind of touch on each of these um, if we can. Yeah, man. So the the first thing that you're talking about, obviously this is all under the umbrella of showing God's faithfulness. And the first thing that you talk about is provision. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how you kind of take it from a, a parental kind of view towards kids. But what does that look like? Yeah, so... Uh, kind of the the place that I was launching from in this whole little article was the when the people of Israel crossed yeah. the Jordan River, right? And they go story. into the promised land, and God tells them to, uh, well, he does tell them to put stones in the river, which I think is really cool. It's like God has his own memorial yeah. <laughs> that only he can see. But then he tells them to take stones from out, out of the river and pl- and place them, I think it was in Gilgal that they placed those stones and that was supposed to be something that stood as a monument so that in the future, the children would say, what do these stones mean to you? Right. And it gave the generation that went through the Jordan an opportunity to declare some of the things that God had done in their life. So with, with that kind of as the you know backdrop of what I'm trying to say here, mm-hmm. yeah, when you're talking to either your own children or to... Uh, anyone that's in the next generation about money, finances, it's going to be one of the biggest concerns of their lives. A great thing to embed in them are the stories of God's provision upon mm-hmm. your life and his caring hand over you. You know, in Matthew 6, uh, there's Jesus's um, ministry to the multitudes where he's talking to them about the father taking care of the sparrows and the mm-hmm. father taking care of the grass of the field and uh, them being beautiful and, and the sparrows not being worried. And um, Jesus' word to them is that your father in heaven, he's going to care for you in the same way. If, if he clothes the field and if he feeds the sparrows, then he's going to watch out a, a, over you. So therefore, don't worry. You know, Don't live mm-hmm. with that anxiety. Yeah. And actually, speaking of the, the Action Bible, 
I w- was actually taking my girls through that that particular story the other day, and as I was just like uh, looking at the little picture cool. of the birds and and um, you know the grass and you know Jesus talking about these things, I just found myself explaining to the girls. I said, you know, this story is gonna be like one of your best friends your mm. whole life, yeah. Because I can't tell you guys how many times Daddy has had to go back to this story and to remember that my father in heaven he sees my need he's watching mm. over me he's going to take care of me every you know tithe check that i've ever written or every uh time every time i've ever uh, given to someone else or every time that we've had some like emergency you know like a medical thing or a car accident or something like that every time that there's been some major you know unexpected or anticipated uh expense in the house that we've had to take care of uh and kind of even going all the way back to every time there was like college tuition to pay you know and Mm -hmm. and uh, all of that every time the lord has ultimately been faithful look at me i'm standing i'm surviving i'm Mm -hmm. i'm doing well you know and uh i think you know sharing that with them hopefully what it's building up in them is like a real confidence in god because yeah. you know obviously money is one of the biggest idols totally. that exists yeah. you know israel worshiped baal and we're still worshiping money today mm-hmm. so for for my kids or for the next generation to come to a place of saying you know god provides and yeah. money is a just a tool in our hands it's not good or evil it's just an instrument in our hands we're not to be used by it we're to use it mm-hmm. And to be able to come to that place, you know, hopefully it'll save them a little bit of pain and heartache in the yeah, years to come, right? Totally. I rem- my mom did a similar thing for me, and that's been super helpful for me as I've just been growing and using money and even just been relying on the Lord for provision. Mm-hmm. So that's cool that you're doing that. They too. love, my kids love hearing the story of when Christina and I got engaged and we were trying to put together our wedding, you know, oh, and, yeah. and so... You know, like everything financially, like we had to have a budget, you know, yeah. we, we figured, you know, with with where our parents were at, we kind of figured like, yeah, it's probably going to be uh, a little bit uh, of a of a more budget, you know, kind of wedding. Yeah, yeah. And we were fine with that. And I remember we had this, you know, thing where it was like we we realized it was more of a dire situation than we thought. <laughs> and we we're like, oh, man, this is sounding like it's going to be potluck scenario. You know, yeah. we, we were kind of sad about that Mm. and you know we i went and dropped christina off at her apartment she checked the mail and you know i left and she calls me you know she's like there was a you know an an anonymous money order you know for like i think it paid for like a third or half of our wedding it was it was substantial you know yeah and you know still to this day we don't know who gave that you know it's obviously somebody Mm. who cared about us what was really cool for us is that it was sent to her which means that it wasn't like, you know, just somebody who's like, oh, poor pastor, you know, in the church. It was it <laughs> yeah. was somebody who knew her, you know, from cool. her life and background. And uh, so, you know, just our kids, like when you tell them stories like that, it helps them, ha- it, it helps the faith become um, seen and visible yes. and real oh, totally. and tangible. Mm-hmm. I love that. God's faithfulness. It's so good. So that's provision. You also talk about uh, forgiveness, how God's forgiven you. Oh, man. This one is <laughs> so one. huge. This yeah, is huge. so huge. I think that a lot of times parents will 
are terrified of this and avoid yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. And it only does harm to your family and to your children because if you don't tell them of your failures and if you don't tell them of your need for grace and your need for forgiveness mm-hmm. in life, uh, then you risk them growing up in a pharisaical kind of yeah. environment mm-hmm. where they are striving for per- perfection. I mean, they're your kids. They're watching you. They see you. They probably already know that you need forgiveness. <laughs> And yeah. probably they're they're not all that surprised that you have had you know various things that you've need the Lord you've needed the Lord to redeem you from to cleanse you to forgive you. Um, so you know stories like this are important. Yeah. Sometimes it could just be. I mean, obviously you have to be very age appropriate. You know, there are there are some sins that are you'd find in a rated G movie, mm-hmm. some sins in a PG or PG thirteen, yep. and some sins in with ratings that are much higher than that. So you do have to kind of think about the stage of where your children are at in life and what's appropriate, and what would be harmful for them to hear. But you know, even just hearing, look, you know, yesterday or earlier today when I talked to you this way, or when I talked to your mother that way, or when I did this or I did that, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I am apologizing. And now I'm needing to ask you for forgiveness. Even something like that is really powerful for them to see, you know, just tangibly how the forgiveness yeah. of God works. But hmm. I think That's also, good. you know, hopefully you've grown a lot in your life. You know, hopefully <laughs> yeah. you're not the same person you were when you first started walking with the Lord. And, and hopefully you're able to help them get a better picture you know, of, of who you are and what you are. I was running with this guy yesterday, you know, and we were, we were chatting and, and, um, he began kind of asking me some stuff about my own testimony and like mm-hmm. how I came to Christ. And I just, I, I think I mentioned something like, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't walking with the Lord at all in my high school years. It was a really dark time in my life or something like that. And he was like, what really? You know? And, it kind of caught him off guard. Interesting. And yeah. you know, when you when like I said, hopefully you're growing. So hopefully, like you come to a place <laughs> in your life where people would look at you and not go, "Oh yeah, you know, obviously you were oh, like a bad dude before, you know, yeah. or something like that." Mm-hmm. So was, I'm always happy when there's a little That's bit of like shock, you know. Yeah. But you know, just sharing with them like all those failures and you know, there were some pretty significant times in my mm-hmm. testimony in life where God was very clearly trying to get a hold of me and I very clearly decided to just run in the opposite direction pulled mm-hmm. pulled to Jonah multiple times and so to talk about that you know with you know him or with your children or with people in the next generation and to share of but you know God's grace was there when yeah. the moment came where I finally did surrender to the Lord he received me, you know, he embraced me, he accepted mm-hmm. me, he brought me back into the fold, and I am so grateful, you know, for that, and it drives a lot of who I am and what I do today. That kind of message, you know, it fills them with hope, like, yeah, okay, cool, like, yeah. there's a work in progress, you know, I'm, I'm trying to move in that direction, I, I you know, perfection is not uh, mine uh, in Christ, but there's a position that I have That's in him. Good. And he can forgive me, and I, I just need to move forward, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Rather than getting stuck on the feeling of failure, now I'm disqualified, and I can't move forward. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The hope that comes with knowing that we're forgiven, and you showing it to your kids, how special that is, man. The next thing you talk about is God's Word in your life and how God's Word speaks to you and how you've learned from it. What does that look like in showing God's faithfulness? Well, you know... 
I, I always think about my my own daughters, you know, when you ask me a question like this, hmm. because, you know, I, I enjoy sharing the Bible with them. Yeah. And, you know, to me, as a, as a guy who tries to teach the Bible and, and does teach the Bible, uh, it's a challenge, you know, because mm. I'm very sensitive to the audience at all times, <laughs> you know, and I'm, yeah. I, I want people to, um, not enjoy it from the standpoint of like be, to be entertained, yeah. but I want to be able to teach in a way that it is understandable, that they can track with, that they can enjoy, that isn't dry, you know, or, or emotionless or doesn't connect with them at their level. Mm-hmm. So I'm always doing that as a teacher. I'm trying to like get past those barriers that that exist. So it's been really fun, you know, over the years with my children as they've grown up, you know, to try to, uh, you know, the last thing I want to do is just sit them down at the kitchen table and just have them open up their Bibles and just, you know, kind of drudge through just a reading of the scripture uh, that's very uh, sterile Mm -hmm. and... Uh, hard for them to comprehend or to understand. Man, I gotta make it flesh for them. I gotta, yeah. I gotta put some understanding to what's happening there for them. And a really great way to do that is to share with them different times that God has used that word, that scripture in your own life and in your own heart. Now, obviously, He's got to be able to do that in your life. You know, if, if you don't open yourself up to ever having a time where the Lord can, as you personally are meditating upon his word and thinking about it and trying to discover what it says and what he might be saying to you, if you don't do that, then it'll be there rarer and rarer that he will have an opportunity to be able to speak into your life. So the more opportunities you give him to be able to do that kind of thing, the better. But as you talk to them, you know, about that, like, you know, um, man, I remember, you know, uh, a time when I was just really worried and I was really stressed out and I, you know, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know where to turn. I felt like all the responsibilities of life were just kind of crushing down on me. And God used this story from Joshua's life, you know, to kind of set me free, you know, and, and help me see that like God had a plan for Israel with Jericho and it was different than Joshua could have imagined, you know, and Joshua was like relieved and he just worshiped the Lord, you know, when he heard those fresh directions and knew that he didn't have to figure it all out, you know, when you're able to share that kind of thing, um, you know, it's really helpful to them to just kind of totally. make it a little bit more tangible and flesh or uh, not even just like those encouraging words from the Lord, but those things that you do in obedience to God in his word uh, to help your kids understand or help the next generation understand this isn't just tradition that I'm following. This isn't just churchism that I'm following. This is, I I am trying to apply the scripture. You know, so dad, like, why do we, you know, go to church like every Sunday? You know, why is that, you know, what we do? Well, you know, Christ died for us Mm -hmm. and he purchased us and he purchased his people. He purchased the church and he wants us to gather with other believers. He longs for the public reading of scripture according Mm -hmm. to first Timothy four and the explanation and teaching of it. He tells us to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and that's a together thing he tells us not to forsake hebrews 10 uh, 25 the assembling of the saints uh, together mm-hmm. uh, he he tells that's us good. that we're to dwell in fellowship 
together and to uh, continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine uh, together. So, uh, you know, there's so many indications of the church breaking bread and eating meals together. So that's why we're going to be doing that, you know, kind of thing. The reason we're meeting in homes together is because of that. Like the early church prayed together, and that seems to be a big part of God's value system that we would get together and encourage each other mm-hmm. and pray together. And so, you know, the more that they can see, this isn't just tradition, but you are responding right. to Bible truth. You know, I mean, I mentioned the tithe check earlier, but like, Dad, why are you, you know, why are you writing that check? Why is that the, you know, not that they they don't sit with me while I'm paying the bills or anything, but <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, you have a totally. chance to share that with them and show them the scriptures that line up with mm. why you are behaving in a certain way, and you know that helps them kind of build that grid of like, okay, that's how we make decisions. That's how we, yeah. you know, do things. You know, obviously, they're going to have to make their own decision for the Lord and decide to walk with the Lord themselves. But uh, I think explaining the Bible to them in that kind of way, like your personal experiences with it, right. is really important. I can testify to that too. Like seeing my mom do those kind of things, or hearing like your stories, and I, I look, you know, I look forward to teaching college students about those kind of things from my life and from people I've seen, and someday teaching my kids too. I think it's just such a great way to. Um, really pour into that next generation, give them the word of God. Kind of along those lines, too, you talk about shaping and how God has shaped your life. How much of that do you want to share with the next generation, how he shaped you? You don't really want to tell them how much you need to be shaped, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of vulnerable stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of like all of this, you know, the word in your life, yeah. and, you know, all of that. It, it is God shaping, you it know, is, of yeah. you. Uh, but... Uh, for some reason, it's just so refreshing to hear someone older in the Lord say, you know, when I was younger, mm. this is what I was like. Yeah, it's true. And <laughs> this is what the Lord has done. Mm. This is where he was really patient with me. Uh, saying things like, you know, when I was younger, I used to think like this. But as time has gone on and as I've learned the word of God, this is now how I see things. Mm, yeah. You know, that kind of thing is really helpful because, um, well, I'm sure for many reasons, but it doesn't it seem like one big reason is that, you know, we live in a culture that really idolizes youth and youthfulness. Yeah. And there could almost be a sense or a feeling that... Um, we're the correct generation. We're the mm. right generation. You know, our view and our mind, you know, we see things accurately. And, you know, like I said about Pastor Jeff earlier, it's one of the mm. things I admire about him that he still continues to maintain that childlike, you know, teachable yeah, spirit, you know, cool. respect for the next generation and everything. So he doesn't cast out every idea or thought or mm. emphases that they have just because they're younger. But to be able to say, you know, this is how the Lord has helped me grow in a certain mindset or mentality or, um, you know, practice or, you know, I used to be, I mean, you talk to some guys, you know, in Christ who in their latter years, they'll say something like, you know, I used to be really like an angry person Mm. and you go, what, you know, (laughs) I had no idea, you know, how did that happen? You know, in your life, how did you shift? 
end up being this softer, loving, gentle, caring, you know, kind of person. Mm -hmm. And to hear that kind of testimony, that really reminds me of those 12 stones, you know, at the Jordan. Yeah, that's good. And just being able to say, you know, God was faithful. He brought us, Mm -hmm. he brought us through. And uh, so I, I think maybe some vulnerability to be willing to tell people, again, in appropriate ways of the ways that God has developed you, shaped you. Hmm. That is really good. You already talked about church a little bit, but do you have any other words about how does church plays into showing God's faithfulness to the next generation? Oh, totally. You know, what you want to share is you want to share just awesome things that God is doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you want to do. Oh, totally. You know? I mean, I've always been really sensitive about that with my children because, you know, being a pastor, doing ministry uh, in a pastoral kind of context, you know, there's hard things about it. Yeah. It's not always easy. There can be conflict, you know, things like that. But, you know, for the most part, we, you know, have had just like wonderful years of, of ministry here. But I just know how easy it is to kind of color the atmosphere of the home Mm. with that kind of stuff and so i've just tried to work really hard not to do that you know Um, what i want to share with them is i want to share with them like cool things that the lord has Mm. has done i was hanging out with this guy recently who you know is um just he's got a really cool missionary work that god Mm. does through his life and you know to be able to sit and like tell my kids about that and what he's doing and and the open doors that God has given him and the fruitfulness and to talk to them about the nations that uh, he's interacting with and that have been reached through his work and ministry. That's just such a refreshing thing for them to hear about. You know, I try to come home and, you know, like Sunday night, you know, they don't come uh, to church on Sunday night. It's just our last Sunday service of the day. So it's Mm -hmm. the same as the morning services. Uh, so they've gone in the morning and they've been in here in the morning and all that. So they don't come at night. But, you know, I try to like when I come home, uh, if they're still, you know, up and around, I try to talk about, hey, this is what it was like tonight. And here's somebody I talked to. And yeah. here's a person that, you know, got encouraged or here's what somebody said to me or gosh, can you guys believe this story? Like somebody just shared this testimony with me and to just tell them about like really neat things that the Lord mm-hmm. is doing is really helpful. Um, you know, uh, t- tonight at the point we're recording this, our family is going to go to our first life group, uh, oh, small cool. group, you know, kind of meeting yeah. of this quarter uh, for us as a church. And, you know, our children are obviously not going to be a part of the grown-ups time and meeting. And um, But what we'll try to do is, like, as we're driving home, you know, we obviously don't tell them, like, well, so-and-so is really struggling, kids. <laughs> You know, we don't share that kind of stuff with them, right. but like the cool praise reports of things that God is doing, or uh, even in ways that are, you know, acceptable to be able to share, to be able to talk with them about maybe a battle somebody was having or a discouragement they were having and how the Lord is walking with them through that thing or a, a something, some truth that they're processing. So I guess what I mean by uh, telling them of, you know, God's work in the church, part of it is just kind of just showing them the ways that God is working in the ecclesia and the gathering, yeah, you know, of so God's people. Like, yeah. But then also, you know, in my kind of role as a pastor, um, 
Well, no, not even not even that, and not even exclusively as a pastor. Uh, but what I want to do is I want to tell them of the like larger, you know, um, congregation-wide praise reports mm-hmm. uh, for the church. You know, so you know I want to after a great Easter, you know, weekend, I want to rejoice with them mm-hmm. over that and to tell them, you know, what that was like and yeah. uh, what it seemed like happened in people's lives and what daddy taught you know and different things like that or when we launch out into a new ministry endeavor and take a step of faith to kind of tell them that and explain those things to them which you know is the kind of thing that anybody can do hey sweetie you know our our church is doing this right Right. now yeah and this is what is happening right now we opened up a new sanctuary you know like to be able to talk about different things like that i think is really helpful for them that's cool it kind of includes them in on that ecclesia too, it seems totally. like in like a real just kind of neat way. Yeah, you're showing them what to treasure totally, in life. Totally, that's really special. Uh, we have one more thing to kind of talk about. Thanks for taking the time, Nate, to just walk through all of these so gracefully. But this last thing you talk about is relationships, and you mentioned marriage. How does showing the next generation about relationships and marriage just kind of tell of God's faithfulness? Yeah, so. You know, this, again, I, I wrote this from the standpoint of parents with children. Um, but, you know, this is one of those categories that those who, you know, either you've learned lessons the hard way or, you know, God has graciously, right. like, given you some good successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you've gone through those things, there is a generation behind you that is a parched and dry wilderness mm-hmm. ready to soak up the the truth and goodness and health in the relational, you know, areas of life. So, you know, like with our, with our children, at least, you know, Christina and I just try to talk to them about like why mom and dad do what we do and why we, you know, go out on a date, you know, every week and the kind of commitment that we've made to each other. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to them, you know, fairly frequently just about like what the difference between, a contractual marriage is versus oh, wow. a covenantal marriage and mm-hmm. how mommy and daddy made a covenant with each other because That's they good. all have friends and family that are divorcing left and right. It's mm-hmm. in their lives, you know. So we talk to them about what a covenantal marriage, you know, looks like. Uh, we talk to them about this is when mommy and daddy pray together and this is, uh, you know, what the Bible says about husbands and wives and how they're to treat each other. They, of course, love hearing all the stories about how we met (laughs) and how we got together. And those stories are really important because the day is going to come in their lives where they have to process that for themselves. And the more that they hear, you know, what uh, something healthy looked like and the more they hear stories of like God's work in uh, the lives of believers to like bring them together. And the more they hear those kinds of things, the better. So we just try to find, you know, stories not just from our own lives, but from the lives of others who it's like, man, we admire that. You know, when we were doing your premarital counseling with Chesley, mm-hmm. you know, and you guys would come over, you know, and yeah, like sit that. with us and we'd have the fire going and stuff. Like we would talk to the girls, you know, as we were eating dinner or just, you know, get, kind of getting the house ready or whatever. Like Riley and Chesley are coming over and this is how they got together and they really love each other. And <laughs> this is what they're going to do, you know, and just That's kind cool. of explaining to them what a like healthy relationship looks like. Wow. They're building a vision, totally. you know, in their own hearts uh, and lives. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, I, I, you know, personally, I feel like, especially in this day and age where kids are just, you know, parents are given cell phones to their kids way too early, giving them just unfiltered access to the internet way too early. Mm -hmm. And on top of all that, kids are going to schools where they're, you know, surrounded with kids who also have that kind of access and they're just exposed to stuff at, a, at an age that is just way too quick. You know, people who study this next generation call them one of the most intelligent generations yeah. that exists because they have incredible access to information. So when it comes to intelligence, like knowing stuff, yeah. there's a there's a level of maturity that's kind of off the charts. It's true. But they're also discovering that the emotional intelligence is a kind of a like an all-time low because mm-hmm. uh, some of it might have to do with the, the overexposure to technology not knowing yeah. how to communicate mm-hmm. you know things like that but um, so you know with all of that stuff kids are building their vision for what romance looks like and relationships oh, look yeah. like and so you gotta combat that <laughs> you know true. you have to fight That's against true. it and I, I really feel that parents would be would be serving their children really well to step up their relational game during those years especially when their children are beginning to think about that kind of thing I always remember hearing about a school administrator or principal or teacher I can't remember the role but who I think it was that sixth grade um, kind of like parent teacher night said to all the fathers, look, it's time for you guys to step up now. Your kids need you. They need yeah. you to speak into their lives. It's time to step up the relational you know, experience with these kids. So when you stay in relationship with them, you have an opportunity to talk to them about what you know good relationships look like and stuff like that. Rather than being reactive, be proactive. Yes. Rather than when they get in one that's funky, being like, ah, you know, I don't know what to do. And no, uh, be proactive and kind of build, you know, w- what looks healthy and right and good wow. for them. And you know, of course, I mean, they're children. And everything they do isn't going to be perfect and right, you know, and all that. They're going to make mistakes, and there's going to be yeah. bumps in the road, and, and all of that. But that you have an open line of communication with them is really important. That's so good. Yeah, it really is an interesting time to talk about relationships. People forget so often, especially parents. So so often, I find myself talking to a parent where I just want to say, "You do realize that you are the adult. Mm. You know, you have." A level of responsibility and authority in their lives you know they'll say something like about their like 11 year old like I just hope I can get them to church like what yeah you know put them in the car yeah you know bring them Mm -hmm. so there there is a there is a level of of authority Mm -hmm. and responsibility that we got to carry for these kids yeah you can't expect them to always make the right decision but you have to be willing to open your heart and your mouth to them and kind of you know give them give them a vision for something more than what what they're going to get on you know Snapchat. We've been talking a lot Nate about parents talking to their kids within the home and everything like that. Do you have a word maybe for somebody who's maybe a bit older and wants to just minister to the next generation? I know you've talked about Jeff a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's like such a great example. Do you have a word for that person who maybe doesn't have kids but just has a heart for for young people? What what can they do to exalt God's faithfulness? To Absolutely, them? show interest. Yeah, show interest. Mm. If you are waiting for the glorious day 
when sitting there in your chair, the next generation comes to you and says, share with me your <laughs> wisdom. You will be waiting a long yeah, time. That true. day will not come. Uh, so yeah. if you just show interest, mm. you know, you, you go up to someone who's younger, you know, in your church or fellowship or community, and you just, you know, start asking them questions about their lives and just learning about them. You show interest, that interest opens a door. Uh, especially this generation, they are a very relational generation. They're looking for something authentic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they want to know that you care about them. So as you do that, as you love them in that way, as you condescend like Christ, you know, mm -hmm. as you incarnate for them a little bit, yeah. um, the doors, you know, will be will be open. So, you know, just, just showing interest is really crucial to then kind of getting the ball rolling to everything that, that is to come. Amen. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.